You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your Saturday edition, mowing the lawn, running the kids around, uh, folks in Ohio, I'm sure it's back to school shopping, making sure everybody's ready for the early part of the week, but we do have a Browns game, kickoff 4 o'clock, Cleveland, Indianapolis, obviously, you know, the matchup, you know, def- definitely got a little spicier with what went on this week in the joint practices, and, you know, we'll see who gets to play, you know, obviously, uh, eyes on, you know, We've highlighted for you guys over the past couple of days some people that we're going to have our eyes on. Uh, Pete is off with the Streetsboro program tonight. Scrimmaging, getting ready for their season. Local experts on the biggest stories. Former Locked On Browns host and my good buddy from the Orange and Brown, Brown Report, the OBR, Jared Mueller, in here to join us for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Jared, hey, it's been too long. B, um... I know you've been working out. Uh, I know you tried to tell your wife it was, you know, for the vacation. But we got we got a lot of work coming up here, Jared. It's not going to be the past couple of years. It's it's buckle up time, bud. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting content-wise. You know, I, by about week three, I was very focused on the draft and trade deadline and looking at all of the young players. Could they take a step and should they start playing those players more? All of that, like from a content perspective, it really will be interesting. While we'll joke about some of the uh, more beat media and them having to actually cover and understand football, for me it actually has been interesting to kind of be focused on the here and the now versus the past or what might be. Uh, That's really a different way of covering the Browns for my basically about a decade now uh, that I've been doing this. It really is a different way of dealing with things and finding ways to process information and those kind of things. So it is really, really different, even though I would say compared to many people that cover the team, I actually understand the game um, and I'm not TMZ or any of those kind of things. It really is a weird thing that to to adjust to because winning hasn't been a part of the last 10 years. Uh, I really haven't had that experience. I had it covering the Cavs, um, but even the Cavs kept the drama alive for me. Uh, and I remember we, we got together, I guess it was right after, you know, the cuts and then the signings after Labor Day weekend last week, uh, last year, and it was like, you know, oh, well, this could be something because we need something there. And hopefully this guy, and this year it's just like, uh, and you know, I'm trying, you know, trying to talk with some of the fans. Guys, we can't keep 70. Um, so this year, it's going to be a ah, oh, yeah, that sucks. And best of luck to the kid because he's not only going there to get a shot, he's probably going to go there and be at peace. And it, it's so much different this year. I mean, it, you know, you could put the number probably in the 40s of you know who's going to be on this roster, as opposed to you know years past and just you know, well, it's Labor Day weekend. If we can get a right tackle. A starting <laughs> linebacker and get that D tackle. We may have a quality twenty-two, but nothing after it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, I have a story coming out for the OBR this weekend, just talking about uh, Devaro Lawrence. Uh, there's not going to be a player like him added to the roster this year. You know, last year he was this developmental upside. We'll give you, a, I think it was a sixth or seventh round pick to New Orleans for him. Didn't really play much. Didn't show much. That player is, not, I mean, Lawrence has actually developed, right? But if if that was one year later, he wouldn't have been given the opportunity. This year at the waiver wire and all those kind of things, they're really going to be looking for players that they know can do very specific things, very specific roles, whether it's veterans, whatever, kick return, second or third running back, all of those kind of things. But it's you're right, it's not 
It's not going to be in the top 40. It's going to be someone who can do something very particular or has a skill set that might be interesting, but they know what it can do. Players who might have some upside and might be able to play in the future probably don't have a lot of room on this roster unless they're going to be, you know, some of the six guys that don't uh, start or don't uh, dress every week. Besides that, it's going to be players who are ready to play. So upside doesn't have the same appeal anymore. Well, and the other thing is they don't have that lovely, comfy position of pole position where they can get whatever one they want. So, you know, oh, that'd be a great ad. Well, that's great. Uh, I hope the 16 teams in front of us don't think it's a great ad. Uh, you know, <laughs> so there's going to be that position. It's going to be more, it'll be more of, you know, veterans who were cut from the contracts they are on. Uh, the waivers, you know, there's a lot, a lot of bad teams. And ah, I feel bad for those poor suckers because God knows we've been there. There's been some news, Jared, and it's, a number one, it's great to not have to give a flying F about it, but apparently now the on again, off again, and I'd love for the NFL to explain and show what exactly reinstates Josh Gordon or what exactly gets him suspended, because I think there's like a guy in the office, we'll call him Neil. Hey, Neil, <laughs> go spin the wheel. Is Josh Gordon is Josh Gordon currently active in the NFL or not? Neil goes, spins a big old Price's White right wheel, and apparently today was the day. Josh Gordon's back for what he did uh, or what he did to earn this opportunity. Look, look, it's, again, it's always the same thing. It's a great player, but 25th time, you got to think it's just not going to be the charm anymore. Yeah, I mean, Gordon has been the perfect intersection of my mental health background and, uh, you know, my independent license in the field and then obviously sports for so long that uh, I've probably written more stories about him as individual person that I've written about anybody else. It's, it's hard. Listen, change is difficult. And it's something I write about often. And it's an important thing is two thirds of the people who have a heart attack, uh, three months later are eating and exercising the exact same way they were the day they had their heart attack. People don't change. People struggle to change. They don't change, but um, if almost any heart attack for me would be almost legal in lots of places. And again, it's not about whether it's right or wrong or anything like that. It's legal in a lot of places. A lot of his kind of people use and whatever's legal or illegal, it's okay in the all. Um, but that's been a struggle for him. And and in the end, it seems like it's a mental health issue, um, not just a substance abuse issue connected to mental health. But thank goodness we don't have to worry about it with Josh Gordon. Unfortunately, we still, and I know you and Pete have covered it, unfortunately, we still have that Antonio Callaway situation kind of hanging over our heads. The good news is Antonio will never be Josh Gordon's talent. And B, the Browns don't have to work. They did hacked on suspension games, 10 games. Was it six? So what's up? Why does New England all get kind of breaks? Not always get the breaks, but get those kind of breaks. And when does, does Cleveland start to get those this year? You know, whether it's from the refs, from the league, whatever. Does Cleveland start to get some of the breaks that we know haven't happened? That'd be nice. Um, and I'll go from it, you know, I'll go from it from the... Uh, you know, the addiction side of it. Obviously, look, Josh Gordon, and I, I totally agree with you, there's things that go on with him, within his mental health, that lead to him falling back on that. But, you know, I I have, you know, and obviously the listener to the show, show you guys know, uh, you know, I, I went through this with my older brother. He passed last October. I went through this for 30 years of my life. Like, I could realize this at, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old, and, you know, I could see it was, you know, there was, you know, partying on the weekends, there was having a good time, and then there was somebody struggling, 
every second of every day. So I've seen it from that aspect. And just like you did the you know the heart attack thing where it's you know two out of three people you know three months later are living the same exact lives they did pre-heart attack oh thanks for saving me but you know i'm not going to work on saving myself and then i had i had my father-in-law who passed away a few years ago my father-in-law had some issues and then went on to a 30-year life of 100 percent sober led his programs led his meetings there's there's different Differing vary. I mean, I guess it varies in how you you know you're either the guy who always struggles, you're the guy who once every five six years falls off and picks up from there, or you're the person that just says, "This is not my life anymore." It's 100% in the rear view. Um, you know, Josh, this probably is going to be something that's going to go on with him forever. And a number one, playing football probably is never going to be an asset in him getting totally recovered mentally. Or as far as you know, you know, chemicals, alcohol, whatever, it because it, it, it's a very high pressure gig. It's a high pressure life. Plus, there are guys in the NFL who can smoke weed, and <laughs> if they do it correctly, it's never going to be an issue for them. So it's almost like he's got to be an outsider, which he doesn't need to be because he needs to be close with teammates. But in the same respect, if he is close with some teammates, and these guys are are in the good part of the program. Then that puts him in a tough spot. It's it, it's the craziest scenario for a guy to succeed in this. And look, yeah, as as more and more legality of it comes within the NFL, I mean within the you know the country, it still doesn't exist in the NFL, which makes it the ultimate difficult wild card. And this is where I got into this last summer with Josh Gordon, and it was literally about this time, or I, maybe it was about a few days before. It was, is he showing up or not? Because and now the problem was is you're giving this guy all of these advantages, all these free passes, and in years past, you understood because you want to know what? We ain't got any other Josh Gordons. <laughs> we ain't got nobody can score any touchdowns. We ain't got nobody can do nothing. So if he gives us 13 receptions for 225 yards, scores two touchdowns, we got a shot. That wasn't the case last summer. You had had a really revamped roster, and this is before even you know th- this past off season. You had good players. He was maybe, maybe one of your top ten def- top ten players last August. So why deal with the headache anymore? It's not even your headache. It, like it was literally two, three front offices ago, coaching staffs before that started this dalliance with him. New England. God bless you. And Jared, if you had to put a gun to my head and you said, when we go play in New England, which I guess is week seven with the way the bye works out, I'd say it's a 65% chance he won't be there. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, I always feel kind of compelled to, because we can, everybody can have the marijuana conversation or whatever. But, you know, the issue always comes down to with any substance, caffeine, sugar, whatever, is. You know, what do you need it to be okay, right? And so the stress of playing NFL football, uh, we know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are, um, they'll put you under their thumb kind of types of people. I just think it's really, really difficult when uh, Josh seems like he's pretty introverted in general. Um, He gets stressed out pretty easily, feels a lot of pressure. Again, everybody has a lot of that, and then he has all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think um, if he's there that week, he'll probably show out, and I think Belichick and Brady will try to force-feed him. And uh, Again, I don't care. It could be a 45-40 to 40 game as long as that 45 is, is on Cleveland's side. Um, but I think you're right, you know, 70, 65, 50-50, um, you know, Again, it's it's nice that the Browns season just to, just swap out Odell Beckham Jr. and Josh Gordon right now. 
let's say they never traded to him last year and he had a smooth season and had a really good season. Maybe they don't make the Beckham trade and then he gets suspended again, right? Something like that happens. Just think of how that would have harpooned everything that we were talking about right now. If there was no Odell, but there was a Josh Gordon, then he got suspended instead of reinstated, right? It's just stuff that we just don't need to kind of, we don't have to worry about and don't have to stress about. Um, but I'm sure Josh does, right? And so that that just kind of adds to that level of stress. Well, and the funniest thing is, you know, and you know, it's whether it's Giants or it's big media. Oh, the Browns have no idea the headache they've added in Odell Beckham. Oh, bro, you think? <laughs> you think? Um, the only reason he doesn't make the field is because he's injured. Trust me, we 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 may understand what a wide receiver number one what a quote-unquote headache may be. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, literally, how he got in trouble last year, th- th- it was the bye week. The Patriots literally had a P.I. assigned to him, and he still got lost. And he, Josh Gordon, he doesn't even have money anymore, so it's, you know, but he was still savvy enough to get lost and, you know, go down his bad path. Trust me, we know what a headache is, and um, yeah. if it's only because Odell's going to fight with the kicking net or he may be injured, that that ain't you know Josh Josh was a migraine to the point where you know they were considering you know operating on your skull. Uh, Odell is a yeah, Odell's a take two Advil. Yeah, uh, Odell's a all right. Maybe I'll pop an Advil because it's been a rough afternoon. All right. Yeah. I mean, no, we're good. Big media. Trust me. I think we know what we got into on that. Uh, support for Locked On Browns comes from the fine folks over at Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered jewels, uh, tools for the family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, at manscaped.com. Go, again, go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code, capital L, capital O. 20% discount, free shipping from Manscaped. Appreciate the support of Locked On Browns. But let's talk, Jared. Okay, get the laugh out. Let's talk. That was <laughs> well. Twenty percent off of again. Um, uh, well, let's just put it this way: it's under the belly button, it's above the thighs, and tools for the jewels. I got it, brother. And with you know, with the supplements Jared's been taking, you maybe hey, who knows? Apparently, you know, beefing up. There you go, big guy. There you go. <laughs> now we can actually get to the nineteen product. Summer so far, Jared. Um, I think Freddie's done a nice job. I think everybody kind of wants to question the camp being tough and being physical. I think, personally for me, I think that's Freddie saying, look, we're not going to sneak up on anybody. So, you know, head on a swivel, you better be ready to go. Um, then everybody, you know, all the wide receivers and some of those guys stepping up. And, you know, and Jalen Strong, oh, he looks so great. And, you know. Maybe Baker's that good. I mean, we've already seen this with Bouchard Perriman. Um, Baker Mayfield, you know, if I could actually move my hips and maybe put together seven, eight strides, maybe I could run a decent look. I think Baker, people are underestimating, and look, they have every reason to because they haven't seen it, what a quality quarterback can do for offensive weapons. It's amazing. And I've probably written the article three different ways over the last year or so. Rashard Higgins is proof of Baker Mayfield. He was cut, waived. No one signed him. No one claimed him. No one in the NFL claimed him in 2017 when he was waived by the Browns. 
He went to the Browns practice squad. They had so many injuries of all these random players that I have, can't even remember all of the... Ricardo, Lewis, Kenny Britt, all these guys that were just here collecting... Well, I mean, Lewis was different, but you know, Kenny yeah, Britt, I prime mean, example of... Some guy from Cincinnati with a strange name that they claimed, and then they thought he was going to be the next big thing, and all of a sudden, all of them get hurt, and then Higgins gets pulled up from the practice squad, has like 90 yards and seven receptions or whatever, but then does nothing the rest of 2017. 2018 really isn't given a chance to really compete for the, the the starting job at that point in time. Neither was Baker Mayfield. They developed this great chemistry, and and Baker puts the ball on where players need to be, right? It's not about getting you know separation, any of those kind of things. Baker Mayfield took someone who most of us would have said, even though I loved him coming out, I thought he was a, a prototypical number two for a good quarterback, um, took somebody who was on the roster bubble last year in training camp, before training camp started, even in training camp. And all of a sudden, we're talking about, wonder what his contract's going to be next year when he's an unrestricted free agent. That tells you what Baker Mayfield is. Do your wide receivers need to have talent? Absolutely. But Baker Mayfield, just like, again, Tom Brady and Drew Brees and, and all those guys, how few of their wide receivers left them and were good someplace else, right? The great ones make their wide receivers. There are very few wide receivers in the league ever that have made their quarterbacks. The Calvin Johnsons of the world, there are a few that make their quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks generally make their wide receivers. And so, unfortunately, are we going to possibly lose Higgins and whatever? Do we lose Perryman? Yes. Well, but Baker well, Mayfield's ready well, to, to make the next one. After he ran... I mean, you know, he was committed to stay, and I'll be honest with you, if it's a one-year, $5 million deal, if I was Rashard Perriman, who are you gambling on? Baker Mayfield <laughs> or Jameis Winston? I, right. I, I'm, gambling, I'm gambling on Baker Mayfield. Uh, but, but that, and look, and that is part of it. And look, and Higgins, you know, it, it did a little bit better job of getting his body better maintenance, but I think it was more of, wow, this is almost more like college again. Like, uh, you know, the ball's where it needs to be. Wow, okay, I remember how to make plays now, as opposed to running a routes and, well, wait, he threw it to me? Well, I didn't even see the ball. Where the hell did it go? <laughs> and, you know, and it's just that much, you know, and that just, it's a, it's a statement to Baker, and it is. You brought up a great point. Um, whether it was Dion Branch, who was great in New England, and then ran to Seattle, and things didn't work out. And guess what? I'm going to run right back to Tom Brady. And, <laughs> nope. you know, exactly. And, you know, Look, Matt Ryan, you know, I don't want to discount Matt Ryan, but yeah, Julio Jones makes things really easy. Deshaun Watson, you know, whatever you feel on him, New Hopkins makes your life really, really easy. But it's, you know, a lot of the times if you are the dude, and look, Ben Roethlisberger is an example of this. You know, how many of those, you know, Antonio Brown was a nothing, and you know, at the time. And then uh, obviously Sanders who went on to Detroit. And you go on and on through the list. You know, the great ones who can hit, you know, hit the ball, get the window where the ball's supposed to be. And you, as a receiver, you're taught, run your route. The ball hits you in the numbers. And, you know, look, I mean, there are only so many guys that can do it, but when you get with those guys, yeah. And, obviously, it was even the thing. Like, Higgins, for what went on last year, I mean, you know, I was like, oh, my God, fifth-round tender, what are they doing? And, you know, here's Rashard back. I think it's, what, one, I think 1.45, he's on the, yeah, you know, something like that. Long. And, you know, he's going to, he'll certainly outperform the numbers he put up, Let you know, Last year, we'll go through this dance again, you know, this this coming off season. But I think that's what John Dorsey you're seeing is, well, this is why he keeps drafting wide receivers because I don't necessarily have to pay them because I have the quarterback that can do the damage with whatever's kind of put around him, so to speak. So, you know, definitely enjoying that. But as far as, you know, younger players, new players, what's catching your eye so far? 
You know, I think what's really interesting to me has been that the defensive line has looked better uh, than we expected, you know, and so we were really worried about the interior of the defensive line after Ogunjobi and Richardson. And I think all in all with Devaro Lawrence, Daniel Ukulele, um, I think is how you pronounce it, um, with those two guys um, and then the ability to to bring Zettel and Chris Smith down in the middle, I, I don't think the Browns are as weak in the middle of their defensive line as, as really we thought they were at depth. Now, could they use somebody? Sure. I would absolutely love to see them add somebody uh, to that roster, but I was just been really surprised by that. There is some quality there right now. Would I love if they were added like Vernon Butler from Carolina or somebody like that? Yes. Um, but all in all, um, that, that has stood out to me. And the other thing is really greedy Williams. Um, I thought he was going to be good down the road. Um, but he has really shown, uh, you know, his smooth back pedal. Uh, he's actually shown an ability in off coverage that I didn't, I didn't really expect from him. Um, and everything that I'm hearing from Cleveland is they're just really impressed with, you know, his nose for the football, but also his competitive nature. Um, and so when you line him up across from Denzel Ward and Terrence Mitchell, I think there's really just something there. And that has really surprised me um, out of greedy. I thought at some level he would need almost a red shirt year to really um, go from being great because he's physically great to great because he's a tactician. Um, a lot of what he's doing is actually really impressive, both from the physical as well as the technical side. And so um, that's great for a second-round pick that should have been a first-round pick. What The thing that I, I didn't even think about, and you know, I was talking with um, one of the uh, – there's a guy named uh, Jacques Doucette who covers LSU football, and I've talked with him for years, and he actually sent me a DM, and he said, you don't understand how – key it is for Greedy Williams to go to Cleveland. And, you know, I was just like, okay. And he's like, no, you don't get it. Like, the brotherhood there of that program. And he's got Odell. And he's got Jarvis. And he's like, it's it's big because, you know, they're not going to leave him out. You know, and even, you know, even if they're going to look, they're going to toast him every opportunity they can. <laughs> but they're going to talk him through it. And they're going to say, look, you know, this is where I had you. And these are things Greedy can pick up on. And even, obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the, the missed assignment that led to the big touchdown the other day. You know, what normally happens to a rookie in that situation? Almost a day is done because now it's, now you're overthinking. You, you know, you're not just playing and reacting. Didn't happen. Greedy, you know, obviously actually jumped a safety and took the interception away from his teammate. <laughs> and that, that's the growth. When people talk about maybe players that could get moved on, you've got Greedy here now. Obviously, you've got Denzel entrenched. But then you have kind of three veteran corners in Mitchell, Carey, Philip Gaines. You know, maybe one of those guys, you know, obviously most likely Gaines, but that's something maybe you can move because, you know, what are you going to say, Greedy's cornerback five? There's going to be no way it's going to work out that way. And, and that, you just love to see that. And, and I, I mean, and this, I was talking about it, you know, I did a radio spot today. They had a second-round rookie and a fifth-round rookie in their first preseason game, create three turnovers. That's that's like a really really good return investment. The first time they saw NFL action, and you know, look, and Pete and I, I, Pete's probably ready to hang himself on the on the the negative Mac Wilson tweets to get into this point. But if you've never seen the kid do it, and he's just literally done everything. And then when I had uh, John Costco on for the PFF show, he's like, Jeff, he created it ninety eight. The first time he took the field in an NFL game, Jared, 
He graded over a 98. It's not like he had nine reps. He had almost right. 40. So, uh, you know, it's it's everything, you know, and look, he, John's missing, and there's some misses, whether it's Corbett or whatever. But when you get a ton of swings, you get to hit some home runs, and if he's going to get another fifth-round stud, god damn it. Yeah, you know, you add that to Avery, and I think probably my favorite thing, and obviously we have no idea about this coaching staff from Freddie on down. We have some assumptions about it, but probably my favorite thing about them is it's not about them, right? And and there are coaches that have said that, but really in the past we've always heard coaches talk about their system and, and the way they do things, and they are going to make changes. And what we've seen from Freddie, and I remember covering being up there on, for OTAs, and it was very clear, they were there to teach they were there not to just say, this is how my system runs, this is how we want to do things, but they were there to teach these players how to be good players. And it's why I have a lot of confidence that, let's say the Browns' defense looks great and Steve Wilkes get a, gets another head coaching job. It shouldn't happen after one year, just because how bad Arizona was last year. But let's say that happens after two years, and they bring somebody else in as a defensive coordinator, and they're going to change systems or whatever. The great thing about it is, it's not about revamping. I mean, they'll have to learn a new system, but they will be getting coached and taught how to play football, how to do techniques, how to place their hands. You know, I watched as Tosh was was in there with the defensive lineman talking about why and how and, and all of those things. I watched as Prefer on special teams was coaching up Richard Higgins the same way he was coaching up Tavir Thomas. Right. And I'm going to mispronounce names all day long. It's what I do. But he was giving the same energy and attention about teaching how to block and how to be in the right position and and leverage and all kind of hand placement, all of that stuff. So these players are getting better as players, not for a system, but to be good players. And I think we see that with the linebackers, the rookies. Taki Taki is going to get some penalties for being too aggressive. Mac Wilson is going to get exposed at time in some downhill running game. You know, stuff like that. That's going to happen, but they're also rookies. They can develop. And yes, I was with Pete. I didn't think Mac was as bad as Pete did, but I wasn't high on Mac Wilson. And all of a sudden, he is the story. I just hope John Dorsey doesn't get too itchy and make a move to make room for Mac Wilson. I don't think you need to trust him that much right now, or Taki Taki. I think it's good to have a couple guys ahead of them that they can learn from, grow from, and they don't have to have all those responsibilities. Who knows? An injury might come. Things might happen. But let's not have to rely on them uh, for a, in a season that winning is all that matters. Well, I think, what, I mean, like, you, there's nothing you can do with Kirksey. Nobody's essentially going to take him for the money he's being made. Um, and if it comes down to the point where Mac Wilson starts cutting into those reps and you have two outstanding coverage linebackers in what is, for the most of the time, going to be a 4-2-5 setup, win-win. I mean, <laughs> you're going to love every minute of it. And if he gets fast-tracked, that's fine. But I do agree with you. Like One of the things that was so great about Jannard Avery last year was they never said, all right, well, here's a bigger piece of the pie. If you're going to kill it in the 20 to 25 reps, that's fantastic. Slowly, you know, slowly make your way, slowly find your way, build some confidence. The interesting part could be, the interesting name could be Drew Forbes as we get to the right guard position, mm-hmm. which is just a, a cluster 
f of epic proportions um because it's basically you know oh it's gonna be a three guy rep you know it's gonna be a three guy audition and you know everybody oh well you know it seems like it's kush it's not like kush is winning this he's just not losing it jared yeah i mean i'm on the browns website right now and corbett's not even in the right guard um slot at all nope. um, second fourth, third fourth nope backup center backup center right um and trust me, you always you always want a third you always want a three year plan for a guy you drafted thirty three overall. You know, and I think it's one of the areas that, uh, when it comes to developing, and you just talked about it with Jannard Avery and Mac Wilson, let someone develop at what you want them to do, and let them get good at it, and then have them do other things. I hate the idea of Corbett um, trying to learn center and right guard last year, this year, left tackle all over the place. Like they didn't do him any good, right? Um, and so maybe he comes on like Richard Higgins did in his third year next year. Great, but you don't, you're spending a 33rd overall pick there, but you're right about the right guard position. Forbes looked lost really in OTAs in a lot of ways. Um, but with Campen as the offensive line coach, he has really shown some strides. I think the real question becomes is do they trust him that he will not get Baker Mayfield killed two plays a game, right? And, it, and can he develop, can he continue to grow in kind of what he does? Um, is Because Eric Cush, is he going to get pushed around in the run game? Um, Kendall Lamb, you know, there's there's a bunch of names in there. You know, we got Witzman, all of those guys. But um, Forbes is really the only one that maybe has upside if Corbett is kind of out of it. And so he's a nasty dude. Like Drew Forbes is the guy that you think when he's on the field is just Richie Incognito meathead type. And then off the field is the nicest dude in the world. Um, and so, but he's got that nasty streak that I think um, really will kind of fit with that offense. Can he really show that he won't make the big mistakes? Because they just can't afford, obviously, to have someone in there that they can't trust that will consistently do the right thing, hear the line calls, be in the right place. They just can't have blown line calls with Baker Mayfield back there. That's really going to decide, I think, whether it's Drew Forbes or Eric Cush. And look, we're, we're going to find this out over the next two weeks because it looks like Drew Forbes is lined up for a bunch of reps. And uh, when Pete and I actually sat down with him, we had Joel Batonio on, and he even kind of had to tell Drew Forbes, um, carrying the playbook around, you don't actually have to do that everywhere you go. <laughs> you know, like you can go pick it back up when you go to what you're doing to. But he was like, yeah, no, he's like, he's here. And with Drew, the thing is going to be, and we've talked about it, it's, it's going to be the jump. It's because he's not just making the jump from, you know, college essentially to the NFL. You know, he did not play, obviously, FCS. He played FBS. So it's almost a double jump. And look, if it doesn't come right away, that's understandable, but is a possibility to come. And Campman obviously has, you know, the history with guys like this. And then you do look at a week two matchup, matchup Quinn Williams, then week mm. three, Aaron Donald. So, I mean, you know, it could be uh, maybe Drew Forbes week four, week five. You know, if he takes it and runs with it, that's fantastic too. But, you know, there's there's some concerns you have here, especially with the early part of the schedule in San Francisco, obviously brings a bunch of athletic, crazy meatheads who can get after the quarterback as well. So, But look, I mean, at this point, somebody just show enough and let's go. We need a right guard. And it's weird to say, man, we just can't find a right guard. I mean, it's right guard for God's sakes, but 
you're going to need one, and it's going to have to be addressed sooner than later. Um, obviously, you know, Jared over at the OBR, uh, fantastic. All the guys over there consistently pumping up talent. Uh, our, uh, Mac Robinson been on the show a bunch now over there joining the guys. You know, Lane, whether it's uh, the obviously the All-22 talk and all the other guys over there, uh, they put it together. Jared, go ahead, pump the uh, podcast before we get to this next segment. Yeah, absolutely. So the OBR Straight Talk uh, podcast is is not a daily thing. I can't do what Jeff does, um, and so it's it's why Jeff does it. Take um, but yeah, not enough supplements. <laughs> uh, not a, not enough brain space. My brain hurts at times. Um, but the podcast um, starting out when as the season gets rolling, we'll have it two times a week, uh, at least once, generally two times a week. And then um, you know we have a lot of stuff that's subscriber oriented. I know some people feel you know a certain way about paying for sports media but you know it's it's the way the the things are set up and to be honest it's the way the world is kind of going and so we hope that we will always provide you with um good inside information as well as things that um not getting other places and so uh like you talked about lane atkins has um always had the heartbeat of berea for a variety of reasons um and has been with uh the obr before it was the obr and so um, there's actually a really cool video out on the uh, on YouTube, and it's on our site someplace, about where really we started, which was um, the starting of trying to fight for the Browns and trying to fight for the Browns to keep their name and all of that kind of stuff. Back when digital wasn't a thing, um, we made it a thing, and that was before I was involved. But Lane's been around for a long time, along with Barry, and so uh, we try to bring you the best we can. So. Sometimes it's a little thing because I was annoyed last night with Brian Billick, who doesn't know what the crap an RPO is. Uh, so today, so today I just said offensive, really quick, offensive genius whose team never had any offense. Uh, for those of you who read the article, I apologize for this, but this moron said last night he lined up in an RPO formation. Lined up in an RPO formation. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. That it's just not. So, anyways. So today I was annoyed and I wrote an 800-word article about the difference between RPOs, read options, and play action pass. Because what is really important to me is I want Browns fans, and I know Jeff wants this as well, I want Browns fans to be as educated and informed as possible, whether that's rumors or that's understanding football. That's really important to me because I think we have the best fans and I want us to have the smartest fans as well. But even still, the age we're in—it's you're, you're so you know—it's so much easier and like you know and even you know and I'm not this isn't a Cleveland beat thing, but you know you see a beat reporter he threw a bomb a, a bomb a bomb uh, I mean what are you seven years old playing in the backyard? <laughs> it's so much easier to get better and smarter as a fan and for you guys at the OBR and you know when when Lane about a week ago he put out a thing about the the history of it. And Mark Sessler, who obviously, guys, the Around the World, Around the NFL podcast, over, you know, obviously out in L.A., you know, working at NFL headquarters, and he had put up a testimonial about being a kid in New Jersey who absolutely loved the Browns, and he's, you know, talked about getting the information a week later through the mail and what it <laughs> meant to him, and it helped him, you know, be better as a fan, and but even, I agree, and you know, we've done these things where we've gone into Big Nickel, and, you know, People have asked to explain, you know, zero tech, nine tech. Mm-hmm. So Pete and I, we, we, we've tried to do this. Guys, there's so much opportunity to get better as a football fan. If you want to jump all over it, if you just want to listen to us talk ball, that's fantastic too. But it, it's it, there's so much more opportunity, and, and this is one of the bone of contention and where we always get to the, you know, 
where you know when I talk with Jared or whatever, we always know who's working. You know, your me the media that's giving you daily information could give you better information if they chose to work a little harder at their craft. And y'all deserve that. Look, you've waited so long to have a team that you not just could be excited about. You've always been excited, but to almost be confident in and. And to watch, look, you're going to watch Odell run patterns, and I'm going to have to tell you to go watch a guy like Brad Kelly give you a film review on that. Brad lives in Massachusetts, doesn't cover the Browns, but he'll break it down for you and uh, explain to you things, running routes like expose the blind spot on a quarterback, which means once his head is turned, you go at his head. And even if it's going to look a little different than the traditional square out, but that's how you create separation in this day and age because these guys are that athletic. They don't have to do things the traditional way. Um, so there's their, there's a little mea culpa here. Um, but again, uh, you know, obviously check out Jared's podcast, iTunes, everything. You know, subscribe, ratings, reviews. We're just busting our butt trying to put out consistent content for you folks. All right, Jared. As we get closer here to the finish line, it's it's crazy to think where this can go this year and you almost kind of like have to like temper expectations because a it's you know there's always that the browns and or b there's there's so much that can go on between looking good in august and then you know by halloween you know screw this i can't believe everything broke the wrong way but the the first six seven games that's that's the tough spot look you look at tennessee you know, you look at the Jets. I, I think this team really needs to start two and zero because then you're getting to the folks that have done this and done this for a while. Whether it's the Rams, the Niners, however you view it, I mean, who knows? And look, I, you know, anybody who tells me, oh, well, you know, Jimmy G's okay. Jimmy Garoppolo has started less games at an NFL quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So I don't want to tell me you know any more about Jimmy Garoppolo than you do about Baker Mayfield because it just ain't possible. But it's Seattle, and it's the Patriots, and so you, you definitely want to start off 2-0. and You want to have a confident feeling when you're starting to go against these folks that have done it before. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I'll just put it bluntly. I, all of my reservations about who this team is going to be has have really flown out the door. They just really have. Um, they have come together as a team that is something that is special, to be honest. And so I don't see another team in the NFL that I don't think the Browns are close to, right? Now, I'm not saying they're better than everybody else. They have more talent, whatever. I'm saying I believe the Cleveland Browns are at the same level as the best teams in the league. Will they win all their games? No, you're right. Starting 2-0 and would be really, really good, right? That'll be helpful. Will it be tough to beat all of those good teams in a row? Absolutely, because there is that is really kind of that next step is they haven't done it right. And so no matter what talent you have and no matter what skills you have and no matter what schemes you have, there are just things about doing things and being just feeling confident and comfortable and not overthinking and all of that. That does matter. But in general, this team has come together in a family atmosphere that is unbelievable. It's undeniable. I believe it starts with Baker, Jarvis, and Odell. 
Um, and it goes on down the line. Miles Garrett is going to possibly be the NFL defensive player of the year. And he is totally okay with all the attention going to them. He's not trying to, to make any noise. He's just doing his job and he's being himself. Like everybody is free to be themselves. Um, but they do need to start off strong because I'm not sure how this team is going to react on either end of the spectrum. If they start off strong and then they, they win those games that people didn't think they'd win and they're four and oh. Do they get a little complacent, right? 4-0, and 5-0, if they have any of those kind of records, do they get a little complacent and start to have a little too much fun, which we've already seen a little of and Freddie's had to get up all in them? Yep. Or if they start out 1-1, one 1-3, and one, one and you know, one of those kind of things, and, and they, they just don't have it. If, if things are kind of missing, they're not clicking, does Dorsey just kind of pull the trigger on something? Does he, does he make a big move? But honestly, I don't see that second thing happening. And the first thing, I just expect this coaching staff to do a very good job of teaching, right? So um, right now, if I had to put money down on any team in the NFL, I would feel okay about putting it down for the Cleveland Browns. Well, and this is what I got to, and I have, you know, and some with their reservations on Freddie. I I don't necessarily know, and look, obviously not saying that Hugh Jackson could do it because we're not going to go that (laughs) route, but it's not so much about the coaching staff anymore. You have the players in place you have the pieces um you have the dominant pass rusher you're pretty sure you have the shutdown cornerback maybe uh, two maybe two um you, you got really good wide receiver play over the last seven games last year so here's odell um nick chubb is gonna get a a, a full workman like carry and guess what if the workload gets a little too heavy around halloween all right, Kareem Hunt can come in for if you need a blower till. And you know what? We'll let Kareem handle third down. Oh, okay, that's nice. David Njoku is younger than most of the tight ends that got drafted last April as rookies. He's had 32 games under his belt already. Um, the question is just going to be, you know, can you find a way to utilize him enough? Right. And then, you know, and Joe, and you look, Joe will be the consummate professional even if it never works out for him here long term. If Mac Wilson's got a question, Sione Takitaki's got a question, Joe Schobert's going to answer it because that's the way he is. He's a, he's a true pro. And then you get into now where, you know, Zettel and Avery and these guys are, well, here's your rep. And, well, all right, well, everybody else is, you know, knocking skulls in. I want to go get my opportunity. Not, you know, and it's just so – the roster is just so much better and I'm not saying anybody could coach it, but I'm saying it's not so much about the coaching. It's teaching them what they need to know, but pulling the trigger, calling the plays, calling the alignments, that should kind of be the easy part because it's talent now. Talent yeah. usually wins. Yeah, you don't have to over-scheme, and you know, you're really trying to get out of the way. And I think you know, we talk about the Averys and the people getting those little reps. We all saw the the Shiehi, uh, whatever. Again, I'm going to mispronounce names I all day long. I love it. I love it. I love it. Whatever, but we all saw the team celebrate with with him when he had that punt return touchdown. What I don't think anybody's really talking about that they should have is: Did you see the team starting with Odell and Jarvis Landry go down and celebrate with DJ Montgomery on his touchdown? Yep. Right, so it's it is literally celebrating with everybody when they do good, and it's picking people up when they don't do good. There is so much conversation happening, and teammates happening, and and community happening, and all that stuff that players want to do good for each other. 
and themselves. Like, hey, if I do really good in these five reps, maybe it's not in Cleveland, but someone's going to pay me, right? Joe Schobert, if I do really well, I might not get paid here, but I'm going to get paid someplace else. And guess what? I'm going to make sure this guy is good. So when I leave, he's good. It's a team. And the coaching staff has built that and has allowed that to happen. They don't have the ego of this has to be mine and you guys can't make this. They've allowed it to happen. And it's really fun to have talent. But to be honest, and again, and maybe it's me, I really like having players that like each other, care about each other, and seem like pretty good dudes, right? Like that's fun for me to not have to choke down too many cream hunts of the world on the team that, that I cover and that I root for Um, just a bunch of good dudes. And listen, can cream hunt turn the corner? Goodness. I hope so. Also, it's the guys who understand the business of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and Kenny Britt prime example, pay me is my, did my check clear? I'm not going to give an effort in practice. Uh, maybe I'll do the best. I. You've got guys who understand, you know, you have at best, at best a decade in the NFL to make as much money as you can. And look, and, and that was even the thing. And you know, whether it was red wine or Odell kicking him some cleats and you see a guy like Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. And the thing with it is, you know, he's not much younger than, it's not like he's, you know, a kid. He's not much younger than Odell. I think he's only like, it might be like 20 months. But seeing those guys appreciate it. And look, man, get your moment. Go get yours. Because a lot of it used to be, I'm here because this was the best offer and I can't wait to get the hell out of here. Or it was, you know, the I pray to God I don't bust an ACL playing for this sorry-ass franchise. That's not the case anymore. It's, you know, I want to win here. If it doesn't work out for me, guess what? I've got other opportunities. If it didn't work out in Cleveland, where did you go? Canada? AAF? <laughs> you know, knock on the door of the XFL. And Jabal Sheard is still in the league. He's one of the few. Him and Taylor Gabriel. Well, it, it, but those were the guys that performed and kind of kept their mouths shut and, you know, at least gave effort, you know, all the effort that was required. But that's and, and that, it's just to, to see it in, in obviously, 17 and – you know, we'd talk, and it was just like, well, how can you try to even write something that even remotely looks positive? Because there was nothing. There was nothing that looked, re- oh, well, well you, got, you got a 21-year-old quarterback. Yeah, who shouldn't be playing? I mean, everything about it was so bad. And to, for this now, going into this 19th season, and for us who, look, I mean, the beat folks, they get paid regardless. Um, for us guys, what makes it, we get paid if y'all come, if y'all listen, if y'all read, and to get good and you know to get the best analysis, we've got to be passionate about it. We are now. Um, we did the best we could, and you know, try to give you everything. But it's a lot different now, where we truly believe that there's something to this product, Jared. Yep. And you know, it's not before it was passionate about what it could be, where we found hope. Now it's passionate about this is where it's going to be good. This is how it's going to work. I mean, just watching that first, that two-minute drive that they pulled off and watching just people in space. Like, Baker's going to have a chance to dump off the ball to wide open tight ends and and running backs all game long. And then, like, eh, maybe I'll throw it deep now or, you know, something comes available, I'll throw it. And even those guys are wide open, but... It was like going against a Greg Williams defense for so long. It, but now it's real. It's it's not what we hoped for. It's what we hoped 
for is now here today and we get to watch it we get to watch both really good players but then the players like higgins that have been around for a while and betonio and you know kirksey and all those guys and we still have a few young guys like Derek willies that we can get excited about maybe they'll develop or the drew forbes of the world so we get almost a perfect combination it's not this old uh one year window kind of group um and it's and it's not this young group of just hope it's really that sweet spot where we got five to 15 years of Baker Mayfield and a really good team. And it's, look, uh, we, God knows we've all put in our penance, and, and we <laughs> do deserve this. There is no doubt about it. Uh, Jared, anything you want to get to here before we start putting this puppy home? No, you know it's really kind of cool for you and I, though? Not only do we get this, but the Mets seem to be turning a corner, and the, the Indians seem to be right where they need to be and are about to get Corey Kluber back. So um, I, I think they play next weekend. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to have a hard time about that as well. So yeah. we'll get some friendly bet about that somehow. Yeah, and, and that's that, that. That's the interesting part to it. Uh, you know, and <laughs> you know, come on. And what I'm going to tell you, Indians folks, is come on. They took care. You guys needed to win two against Minnesota. They took care of it for you. Yes, so, sir. So don't get too again. Don't get too upset if I get excited. <laughs> um, but obviously, Jared, it, it's been a blast here. Uh, follow at Jared Mueller. Um, at the OBR, the Orange Brown Report, two four seven guys. They put out fantastic work. Look, I ain't got the patience. I ain't, as much as Jared says he can't do the daily thing like I do here. Um, the problem is I sit down to start writing things, and literally I can send a text to my wife about going to the food store, and it's and I got to delete, and delete. Like we're, it's finding your role. It's knowing yep. what to do. But I, that's why I, I absolutely love the guys over there. I love what they, you know, I love what they do, and I love the fact that it's it's now that we all realize where this has gotten to. You get the extra effort. Um, you you don't get that from your general beat. Um, you know, somebody's got to get to that back nine by five thirty. <laughs> uh, it's just the way it goes. So you and, leave the combine before the the quarterbacks throw. Absolutely, and then you tell somebody he looked fine, but meanwhile you knew you were, you know, you were seventy-five miles out of Indianapolis when you said it. <laughs> so, look, I mean, we're not lying; we're absolutely telling the truth in this respect. Um, so there is all that, but of course, uh, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, to the guys over there, you know, mad respect, and you know, everybody, you know, and it's always our phrase: we know who's working, we know who's putting in the work. Uh, the show at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Make sure you follow over there. DMs are open; always a follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. DMs are always open. Um, if you guys are going to put up with us from anywhere for 30 to an hour a day, and we're trying to cut it down, we're told we got to cut it down a little bit. We're doing the best we can on that. But if Jared's here, no, no we're not doing the 30. Um, but <laughs> nope. anything you guys want, anything you want to put into the show, and I, I try to do the best to accommodate you guys all on that, and I appreciate all the love. Um, it's been a blast. You know, uh, Pete and I will be back at it tomorrow night with your pros game show. Uh, look, if Pete gets a night off from this, trust me, he's going to be all guns a blazing tomorrow. Uh, the takes will be hot and good knows. And if Mac Wilson plays well, Pete, maybe we'll get, tell you again, maybe again, we'll back it up. So it'll be, you know, but nice. Obviously the young kids, we want to see them stack up some good days here because you just want to see longevity of this roster because a lot of guys are about to get paid. So have some cheap guys for a couple of years isn't the worst thing in the world. We're going to put this one to bed. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.